you're listening to the podcast device and fire episode 137 for the week of march 23rd 2014 Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the podcast of Ice and Fire. We are the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones TV show. As always, this is Mimi. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. It's good to be back, you guys. Did you put on your white girl voice I did. for today's episode? I did. It's, you know what? Every five episodes, I reboot the white girl voice. So. thought so. It sounded like it. It sounded like it. I was like, this sounds like our early episodes. I know I'm nervous. I'm am nervous podcasting again, but we're doing an episode today that I have done so many times, a chapter reread episode. So hopefully I will remember how to do it. So this better be our best chapter recap episode ever, because I don't think I've ever gotten up this early to record with you guys. <laughs> it's yeah. What is it over there? Like it's almost 9, 9 a.m. Oh I mean, God. Come 9 on. Let's, let's, let's be serious here. Oh, you can tell you don't have enough obligations in your life because 9 a.m. is a luxury at this point. Well, he had to get up for the walk of shame to get back for this. Oh, I know. I've got my heels done. I've still got my (laughs) dress from the club last night. It's rough. It's it's crazy, you guys. Um, I, you know, I have a new addition to the family. uh, You do tell. For listeners who weren't aware of what's happened to me recently. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm a mother now. Uh, I've adopted a dog. Stone baby. Oh, a dog. <laughs> Stone baby, yeah. Um, yeah, I've adopted a dog, so that has nothing to do with anything except that she's really ridiculous all the time, and I have to get up really early now. So My Facebook feed is filled with nothing but like plastic donuts and yeah. fluff. She's so fluffy. I was going to give her a Song of Ice and Fire related name, but I didn't want anybody to be like, oh, is that your Game of Thrones dog? So I... <laughs> So, yeah. What kind of dog is it? She is, well, I think she's supposed to be a chow. We got her from a chow rescue, um, but she must be mixed with something. My vet's been trying to figure it out forever. So, possibly a Sheba. I don't know. Maybe a bear. She's a bear. <laughs> a bear island. Exactly. She's a Mormont. Momo Mormont. There you go. Mormont. That would be a good name, name for her. It would be a good name for her, actually. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so. Wait, what, what is her name? It's Momo. <laughs> Momo. I know. I'm so Mimi and she's Momo. Mimo and Momo. We we wanted to call her Mochi, but like we ended up just calling her Momo. Um, but it's you know Japanese for Peach, and um, hmm. it seems to fit her. It's like what you would name a teddy bear dog, you know. Oh, she looks adorable. Thank you. She's uh, adorable. Uh, the bane of my existence right now, but I can keep her out of this room long enough to podcast. So. Nice. Hopefully, we'll be able to continue our longest-running ever chapter reread. I mean, what would you name your dog if you don't already have one? Hmm. Depends on his personality, if he's more of a Doran or an Oberyn. So you wouldn't name her right when you got her, or him? You just, you'd no, wait. you got to wait for the, for the three months of the one year or whatever, the wilding custom adapted <laughs> to dogs. Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, I was thinking, like, Oberyn would have been a cool name. I mean, there are a lot of cool guy names in Song of Ice and Fire. I'm not a soul on the female names, though. Mm. I like Nymeria. I like Nymeria, too, but, like, importantly, Nymeria is reserved for, like, a stately, dignified dog wolf. And when you, you know... And Momo is not that? Yeah, when you have a retarded ball of fur, you don't call it, like, it doesn't deserve a dignified name, you know? Should name her Reek or something. 
So Nymeria can only be like a show dog, like you see walking so properly. Exactly, like a, you know. That's bullshit. Good, good posture, fluffy tail. That's bullshit. I don't think so. Mm. I know going out of the ice and fire world, but I was thinking about this recently, and uh, I think I'd have to name my dog Grimlock. Grimlock? Why? <laughs> this is a badass Dinobot, man. And nobody ever <laughs> names it that. And then for a nickname, I just call him Grim, which is cool. I like it. Whatever. You guys don't have to. I don't know about that, Kyle. <laughs> I do. I want to know what the listeners would name their dogs. Let us know, guys. Yeah, let us know. And if you've named anything after a Song of Ice and Fire character, what is it? And uh, what? how do you feel now that Game of Thrones is a big thing? Well, people are naming their kids after the series. Yeah, I know. Arya is a big one. I've heard a lot of people oh, name their kids like Arya. The, like that, uh, I mean, the people can do whatever they want for their kids, <laughs> but I wouldn't do that. Just wait till you start. Just wait till our kids are dating Cersei's. Oh God, I'm gonna go ultra meta, and I'm gonna name my my kids after the podcast hosts. That's, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the second would would have to sound pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Amin Junior, uh, <laughs> Kyle Junior, and Ashley Junior. Oh. It's gonna be amazing. Anyway, so <laughs> let's get into our episode. We are covering chapters 57 and 58, which are respectively. Uh, Theon 5 and Sansa 5. This is almost coming to an end. There's a light. There's a light at the tunnel, man. Well, actually, I guess at that point we can actually have an open discussion because there are some people who are asking whether we would jump to the last book or do try something else for a while. We still still jump to the last book, but we already talked about the last book. (laughs) Well, at least take a maybe take a break for the reread for a few episodes. I don't don't know. There's different ideas, but like we still have to finish this one off properly. Yeah, finish this one. Yeah, I'll finish this off. Whoa, whoa, Whoa. we'll get it done. So, Song of Ice and Fiery News hit me, Kyle. Um, Mimi, what'd you think about Madonna dressing up as Daenerys? I didn't know that that happened. I swear. (laughs) Why do you tell me these things that I don't know about ahead of time? <laughs> well, I posted it on our Facebook page. I just, I was reading this article. She dressed up, uh, it was a Jewish holiday, um, dressed up as Daenerys. Uh, and uh, and the entire time I was reading the article, I was like, I just picture Mimi nerd raging about this. Not so much about anything religious or whatnot, but just that another white girl is doing Daenerys. <laughs> When Mimi wants to be her so bad. I think that I just looked it up and I feel like the top comment in response to this is how I feel. There isn't a filter on this planet to make her resemble teenage Danny. (laughs) That is all. (laughs) Okay, getting off that subject. Second Game of Thrones porn parody is out or coming out. We Ah. had Game of Bones and now we have This Ain't Game of Thrones XXX. Actually, Cam mentioned that to me yesterday, I think. The actress who is representing Daenerys or whatever looks like Amelia Clark. Is that true? Is he yes. blind? Okay. No, she. they, they got somebody who looks, who looks somewhat similar to her. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, they didn't care about acting skill. <laughs> no. They should hit you up for it, Kyle. Ah, uh, you know what? I would like to do background on a porn where, like, I'm like the guy in the back of the bus going, oh, my God, I just got to get to work. But, um... <laughs> I think that would be entertaining. I don't know if I want to star in a porn. We won't tell your mom, but if you were given the chance to star in a Thong of Ice and Fire parody porn, I think you should do it for the podcast listeners. (laughs) For the team. Yeah, just take one for the team. Just give one for the team, Just be like Benjen. Wow. Isn't there like like a copyright issue with parodies like that? They know what's going on. They know what, what rules to avoid they can and, what and not can't to. do. Yeah, yeah gotcha. exactly. 
Yeah. And those are my two things I wanted to hit you with, Mimi. Good. Good ones. Uh, anything, Amin, that you want to mention? One related to the podcast is there was the third uh, House Manuity listener meetup that's happened so far. First was the UK, second was Australia, and then there was one in New York last week that had uh, Michal, Lord Manderbly, I think Lord Prism were at least there, and Bina couldn't make it at the last minute, and they posted about it on the forums, and it's pretty cool. Awesome. One of these days, uh, I'll make a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm saying that now. We've been podcasting for six fucking years. No t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's high on your t-shirt. We always seem to argue over the t-shirts. I think that's why. we can. None of us can agree, I think. Or design. Well, I tried designing an I Heart Man Woody shirt, but then I, I got distracted. I was doing it at work, and I kept having to hide the window. Anyway, so it didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't pan out, but one of these days. We need to, because uh, when I went to uh, Comic-Con last year, they made the Game of Thrones shirts for you at the Game of Thrones exhibit thing. Mm-hmm. So I got a House Man Woody shirt, and then I wore it when I was on the Kamikaze panel for the Geeky Awards. And uh, I pointed out, and everybody was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, we need these things. <laughs> oh, man, I got to get on it. Yeah. All right, so by year seven, I think we'll get this done. Absolutely. Have I told you guys about the South by Southwest thing? No. Did I, oh. did I tell you, I mean? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I should probably talk about that then. So I went down to uh, South by Southwest. And he did um, come see me. Well, you didn't come down to see me. I, I actually messaged you several times, Mimi, about whether you and your boy toy were going to be down there. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I texted you. Hold on. I'll go through my records and find it. I'll do a screen oh, did capture. I, did I Mo- get the text? Momo deleted uh, those texts. So. Yeah, did I get it? Did me- I respond to it? I, don't I think I did it. I think I messaged you twice, and you didn't respond to either. So I just assumed you. I think did. your texts don't go through. You probably use like Boost Mobile or something. Or AT and T and an <laughs> iPhone 5s. <laughs> so um, I went to the Game of Thrones exhibit that's touring around the world because hmm. it was in South by Southwest for a few days. And so I got to go. It actually, uh, Christian uh, Hodor was there. He opened it up, and Brienne and Arya were all there, and they opened it up. They did the big event, and Christian's a DJ as well, and he DJed it. And unfortunately, I didn't make it to that because I was flying in. But I made it the following day, and I went, and it had a lot of cool stuff from the new season. And it just had, like, all the clothes and the, and the props and stuff. And if you guys haven't seen it, make sure you go to the Facebook page because I uploaded all the pictures there. And um, it actually had some spoilers and stuff. It had, like, uh, it had um, Jamie's hand, the golden hand, and uh, it, had, uh, it had various things. I was like, oh, I don't know if people need to be seeing this before the season even comes out. Hmm. But uh, that was cool. They had all that stuff, and it was really neat. And they had the new, um, the new red ale, Game of Thrones red ale, which I didn't try. Um, but uh, I don't know if they were serving it. It was also eight o'clock in the morning, so I didn't have any. Um, and then uh, what? They had the Game of Th- they had the throne, the Iron Throne there, which was cool. And then the best thing is they had uh, the Oculus Rift, which, if you guys Ooh. are not aware, is the leading uh, VR helmet. Like, I heard uh, a lot of commercial. stuff about that. How was it? It was amazing. They had um they had a they had an area set up to look like the uh, the elevator at the wall at the Night's Watch, and so there were about five different ones, and you wait in line and the line was like an hour, but I got there right when it opened, so I got right in, and um, you jump in and you kind of go up into the elevator thing, and then they put the VR helmet on you and they put headphones on you. And I have some pictures because I asked the guy working to take some pictures of me while I made a fool of myself in there. And so 
you put on the helmet and it's awesome. It starts off and you're looking out of the elevator into the courtyard of Castle Black. So there's no people and uh, it looks really good. It's not it's not photorealistic or anything, so you can kind of tell you're in a video game, but it's very high-end graphics. And uh, you're looking and you can look left and you can look right and I'm looking all around the courtyard and all of a sudden, boom, the elevator starts going up. And so the elevator's going up and the castle's getting smaller and smaller and they actually put some sort of like little mini fans behind me. So as I was going up and up further up the wall, it was getting windier and windier. Hmm. And so it was a really neat effect. And so I was looking down and, and it was it was beautiful. I'm looking out south of the wall. Everything's happening. And then you get to the top of the wall and I physically do a 180. My entire body, I turn around and I look out on the top of the wall. And wow. the top of the, and then you start walking and you walk down the wall a little bit and there's like pathways kind of in the ice and snow on the top of the wall. And so I'm looking down, I'm looking around the wall and then I walk all the way to the edge of the wall and I got this that that feeling in your stomach when you look out from somewhere really high. I was like, "Ooh, oh god." That was amazing. And then I'm looking down on the walls as far as I can see, left, looking right. And then off in the distance, north of the wall, I see this little like red kind of thing, red orangey thing coming up. And it's getting closer and it's getting closer and it's arcing at me. And it's a flaming arrow that I assume a wildling shot. And whew, it flies over my head and I like ducked out of the way. And then another one comes and I'm like, oh my God, here it comes. And it, whoosh, and it sticks into the wall right near me. And I'm like, oh my God. And then the third one comes, and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming right at me. And it looks like it's going to hit me right between the eyes, and I, like, flinched. I brought my hands up. I protected my face. And I was like, oh, God. And I looked down, and it's stuck in my chest, and my chest is on fire. And I'm like, what, what? the heck? I'm like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, I, I teeter forward, and I fall face forward off of the wall. And I'm falling down the wall, and as the ground's approaching, it slowly fades to white. And then it's like, and then it's the end of the experience. And it was, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. And uh, I can't. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the Oculus Rift being like a thing that people have in their houses now, because it was, it was an amazing experience. That's awesome. I I've heard nothing but good things about it. That's crazy, though. Yeah, it was. I actually had to sign a little waiver at the beginning, making sure I was hmm. healthy. <laughs> you wouldn't go insane experiencing how awesome it was. I know. If they had those, you fall all the way and hit the ground. It would have been such a traumatic experience. <laughs> oh, God. The arrow stuck in my chest was traumatizing enough. I don't... Really? Did you get to sit on the throne? Yep, I sat on the throne. I kicked my feet up. I mean, the throne are getting to be BFFs. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a cool experience, and uh, it was really neat. If anybody has a chance, I don't know if it's going to be in the States anymore. I think it's already done New York and Austin, and I think besides that, it's all outside of um, the U.S. So uh, you guys should uh, go to the website. I think it's GameOfThronesExhibit.com. See if it's going to be near you. It's it's uh, it's pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. There was uh, one final article I wanted to mention quickly. It was one or an interview where George was talking about whether the, the show would would catch up to the books. Like we talked about this before, it, it seems pretty much likely that this will happen. But it seems like George is not is kind of out, out of the loop or something. The way the way he was in there, it seems like he he thinks they're gonna the seasons are gonna be longer than they are, or are gonna take more of the fourth and fifth book. I don't think he quite gets that it's almost 100 percent the the show will get, be out before us, uh, Dream of Spring. Mm. We always get asked this. The question is, like, what are we going to do about that? Will you stop watching the show? But I think one out of four, we already know the answer. <laughs> Shut up. Don't bully me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of taking it as it comes. I really yeah. don't know. Um, 
I'm not worrying about it. I'll deal with it yeah. when it happens. When all of a sudden there's a moment in the show where they're like, where they reveal something that I haven't even read in the books yet, then I'm gonna I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna step back, and I'm gonna be like, all right, how do I want to proceed with this? But until then, I'm just yeah. going with it. Nice. You know, I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna feel then. So. Okay. Uh, what about you, Amin? I think I'm at the same place. I mean, uh, p- people keep saying you couldn't avoid it, couldn't avoid it. If I really wanted to, like, there's probably going to be, like, let's say, like, there's, like, 20 shining moments in the last book, like, 20 things revealed. If you wanted to and you pulled away, you maybe one or two or three of them might be spoiled, but you'd still get 17. There's a big difference between all 20 and, and three of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe, like, one big thing, oh, Danny dies or somebody dies, would be revealed, but, like, 19 other things would still be new to you. So if you wanted to, you could still pull away, but it's just, like, we're so involved in the community now that it would be difficult to pull away for like one or two years It'd be the one or two years for the last book i think wins the winter will be okay mm. yeah it's a it's a slippery slope but uh i think we'll all kind of deal with it yeah. you guys will take the hits for the team <laughs> <laughs> yeah speaking of um george and saying stuff he also had an interview where he said uh the Duncan egg novellas as movies is uh very possible and he also said he also suggested the possibility of the the show doing seven seasons, and then doing some sort of two hour movie. Oh God, I heard to about wrap that. up the show. That n- no, I don't I don't know how the books end, but I can't see it being packaged neatly in a movie. I feel that shows that he's that's another example of him being out of like the loop because HBO had said nothing about that, and he's like, oh, we could do a movie. He's like, have you even talked to David and Dan about that? I don't think he has, to be perfectly honest, I don't think he has much sway in anything about the show. Um, I think they, I think they yeah. incorporate him in. Um, they keep him abreast of what they're doing and whatnot. But I, ultimately, it's their decision, and I don't think he, I don't think he has that much power as far as that in that arena. Hmm. I don't know. A movie. Uh, here's the thing. It all depends on where the seventh season would end. So say they finish up everybody's storyline except for Daenerys, and then it's just hmm. a two-hour movie of her landing in Westeros and attacking. I don't know. It doesn't sound terrible. And because, especially since the budget would be through the roof and the special effects and everything would be. Uh, out yeah, of I think I think it would be. Like, I wouldn't be against it myself. I just I don't see why HBO would do it. But have, have yeah. they done it before? Actually, I guess they did for Sex in the City, but that's a whole different kind of budget. Yeah, it didn't really finish the show. It just kind of continued the show, I believe. And so. killed it and buried it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need a woman's perspective. On I this mean, show. it was awful. It was yeah. awful. I God, the second movie made me want to remove my eyeballs with a melon baller. Like Ooh. I've didn't have a Dornish twist on it. <laughs> so bad. Yes, it was awful. I don't know why. I feel like Abu Dhabi just like paid Michael Patrick King or retarded some of money to just like make this movie a nonsensical movie set in Abu Dhabi. Anyway, we don't we don't talk yeah. about that. It was awful. I mean, the yeah. first movie was terrible as is. And this comes from someone who loves the TV show. But when you put a big movie out there and you want it to cater to the lowest common denominator so that you mm. get the audience turnout that you want it loses the spirit of what the TV show is about. It loses the nuances. The characters get, um, the characters become caricatures of who they were on the TV show. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's, I think it's difficult to do well if sex in the city was any sort of model for how a TV show transitions to a movie. So you're a sex purist, basically. I am. I I actually, you know what? I like the TV show, although in retrospect, I go back and I think a lot of the relationship advice in it was bullshit. Um, 
but I mean, I don't know. It was really something that people who didn't watch Sex in the City thought it was ridiculous and uh, it was such a like a chick show or whatever. And they missed all the finer points of it and um, all the, you know, the nuances of the characters. And then you go and watch the movie and it is just as garbage as everyone who didn't watch the TV show thought it would be. And I wonder if something like that would happen for Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Would they have to do uh, right at the beginning of the movie? There'd be some like Lord of the Rings uh, uh, opening monologue about what has happened in the world of <laughs> mm-hmm. Westeros to lead us up to this point where this this blonde woman and her three dragons are returning to the world she was exiled from, and we'd get this crazy ass uh, prologue. That uh, do we really need? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Because you, you got to imagine there'd be lots of people who would go see the movie and never seen the show. They'd just be like, oh, this looks like a cool thing. Oh, it's based on a show? I didn't know that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's uh, oof. it's uh, weird. I don't know what to think about it. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, let's go ahead and do our chapter recap. Cool. Um, two chapters this time, as usual. And we are starting with... Pull up Tower of the Hand... Clash of Kings, Theon 5, Chapter 57. Kyle, do you want to take us through the chapter summary? Oh, God damn it. See, this is why I like to have guests. We've been making our guests do these lately. Isn't that nice of us? Making our guest hosts do this? You guys are yeah. terrible. A few of them have just read Tower of the Hand, so maybe it's not the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What happens in this chapter? I was not prepared for this. So, uh, Theon is uh, still in Winterfell. He's awoken from a bad dream. He's haunted by something we shall discover at the end of the chapter. Um, and uh, people, his men have been being, his men have been being killed. His <laughs> men, <laughs> you like that English? I'm um, into it. His men are dying. And uh, so they're forced to kill some people in Winterfell, this and that. And then Asha shows up. Sweet little Yara. Oh, I'm sorry. Asha shows up and um, with 20 men. And Theon's like, you're here to help. What's up with this 20 men? And she's like, you're an idiot. Come back with me. He says, no, I'm going to be the king of this place. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, all right, you're on your own. She leaves him half her men and she takes off. She bolts. Theon, distraught. Um, he's got enemies in every corner. He sends off Reek because Reek promises to bring him like 100, maybe 200 men. He's, 200. He, he knows a guy who knows a guy and so he's like whatever get out of my sight he sends reek off it's just like a two sentence thing that you don't even think about until that comes back to haunt him too and then um let's see uh and then you find out that bran and rickon are not the two uh flayed and tarred boys hanging from the wall but in fact the miller's kids dun, dun, dun. i think that i think that's everything in this chapter yes admirably right. covered Um, what a stressful fucking chapter. I feel like I'm always, um, in these podcast episodes when it comes to the Theon chapters. I don't know. I talk a lot of, I try to defend Theon a lot when you're not around. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cause this is just, this is one of those chapters where it's like a comedy of errors for like Hmm. everything Theon has done terribly. Let me ask you this. A few chapters ago, last time I was on the podcast, probably, um, Theon gets this idea to go go take over Winterfell, right? I think that was two years ago. It was two years ago. <laughs> he decides he wants to take Winterfell, and I believe a chapter closes. He's talking to Dagmar Clefjaw, I think, right? 
Okay, go with that. So this was a strategy. At that time, when he talked about taking Winterfell, did any of you guys think, other than the betrayal to Winterfell, that it was a terrible idea tactically? Well, yeah, you had, like, what, ten guys with him? Twenty men? I mean, the the point is that it's so lightly defended because Dagmar's going to draw the guard out to Deepwood Mott, right? Mm. Yes. So and we then get or to, to uh, Torrin Square, in. but you're right. Like, Torrin Square. I'm sorry, I always get the two mixed up. They're totally not the same thing. But uh, yes, Torrin Square. How dare you? Yes, exactly. Um, I well, I, I don't know. I I just in my head, even with uh, Roderick Cassell gone and everything, in my head, I'm still like, how's he gonna take a castle with this few with this few dudes? It's it's gonna be. He's gonna run up and he's gonna slam his face into the wall and be like, oh, that failed. Um, I, thought I, th- he, I thought he could take it. I guess the interesting thing is I was so focused on like this whole outrage, like, oh, no, Theon, no, you didn't. That was your home. <laughs> like, so upset by that concept. I didn't stop to think about it from like a strategy perspective and think, how the fuck are you going to keep it? Mm. Like, yeah. I get that he can take it if it's not defended, if Roderick Castle takes his men away. But like, I never really thought about the concept of him holding Winterfell, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's very much not like the board game because you can reach everywhere in the north by boat. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work that way in here. But I mean, and I guess maybe I thought that, you know, you've got Bran and Rick in hostage. Maybe you can hold it. But well, Asha's plan was actually a good one in, in terms of just taking them as hostages and leaving. Exactly. When yes. she brings that up, you had just kidnapped the little princelings and like taken them back as hostages. You would have just done what you needed to do, you know, like... I bet he had a million options that like we're not even thinking of that he could have done, yeah. and he just chose the Theon worst. The you know? worst. If this were a choose-your-own-adventure book, <laughs> he Theon has dead. made all the wrong decisions. <laughs> he would have been dead. Please go back to the beginning back about to 100 it. times now. Yeah. And that's, that's Theon's whole life. That's just him making mistake after mistake after mistake, right? But Taking the first Winterfell. mistake was his dad's. Let's be honest here. What, like having him or <laughs> no, his dad rebelling okay. and then have and then Theon his dad just didn't pull out his long ship because in time, so uh, yeah, I was like, I thought you meant like Theon was the mistake. <laughs> no, I was like, that's really hard. No, but I mean, he got the short end of the stick right from the beginning. His dad, being the upstart that he is, like, I'm gonna rebel. Oh, got my child taken away from me. <laughs> well, have a fun life, kid. Yeah, I'll I hate, mean, it's... I'll hate you even more later on. Strong daddy issues everywhere, right? Mm. But like. Yeah, I mean, there have been a a long series of mistakes, and so Theon has this complex that he does because of his father, where he feels the need to prove things to him, but, like, he's not not a bright man, (laughs) and as a result, it's like, it's bad enough that you take Winter, that you, you know, scheme to take Winterfell, but then you go and you supposedly kill the heirs to Winterfell, how do you expect to hold the place, right? Like, it's amazing that Theon never thinks, like, even a step ahead or half a step ahead. He has glimpses. He has does moments he? Where he, yeah, in this one, he's like, you know what, maybe I should have gone with my sister. Boom, it's too late. Martin does a tease like that all the time. He's like, maybe I should go with my sister. And then Reek shows up and gives him a reason to stay, or at least changes yeah. the subject. Well, Reek, Reek isn't helping him very much, because Reek yeah. is a very cunning uh, individual here. And you can see him, you know, slightly manipulating Theon, or maybe more than Strongly slightly. Strongly manipulating. Strong, yes, um, along the way. And it just... Yeah, so Theon's just not in a good place. Not surrounded by good people. He, his mental fortitude is not good. It's just, yeah, like you said, a comedy of errors. 
Now, do you want to hear the crazy theory of the week related to this? Of course. Oh I, I, I didn't come up with it, but I mean, uh, I, I always, I always see them. This one, I think, I was in Westeros. Was that uh, one? Of, at least one of the Miller's kids was actually Theon's kid because he has slept with her before, and one of them might be young enough that it was his son, his own son, that ends up being killed. Wow. I mean, I love it. It's very wait, dark. Wait, what? Like the- Theon has what? slept with the with the Miller's wife. Like, oh right, he remembers that, and, that's, and and he was pretty young. It might even even be his first. Like that's speculation, but one of those boys might be young enough to have been his child. I think. I see what the age. I think his five is one of them. Oh God! So Theon's curse is a Kinslayer, huh? Yeah. Wow. I I think it's a long shot, but it's one of those ones where it's pretty dark. If it was true. Okay. Yeah. Every everything about Theon's life is pretty dark right now. I think the interesting thing is the fact that um the three men he took with him to the Millers all died. And I didn't really follow it at first that that had been arranged by Theon. Wait, what? Well, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Theon's... Um, the, yeah. Guy, the, the men who had accompanied him to Acornwater had all died mysteriously because they couldn't be trusted to keep secrets. They knew that, um, you know, the boys that were killed were not Bran and Rickon. Yep. So Theon had them killed and then let Reek go? No, he had them killed, and then he executed Farland for it. Yes, and then he let the one person who yeah, did well, the, know. The, the, the Reek one, actually, Martin puts a bit of a shield to protect him. He says, Theon has his idea, like, well, maybe he might have written it down before, so if I kill him, the written description will survive, which is kind of weird reasoning. It's kind of just Martin ha- has needs a reason to keep Reek alive, and that's what he puts in Theon's head. Like, it's a little weak hmm. there, I think. Yeah, that, that seems weird that he would go to such lengths to kill all the men who knew, except for one, and then that one person he just lets go. More to the point, it was Reek's idea. Yeah. So, I don't know if that to kill the men? No, it well it might have been Reek's idea to kill the men, but it was Reek's idea to kill the boys. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He brought the bag with him from the very start, so he's the most dangerous of them, and he's like, I can't kill him because he might have written it down. It just seems a little bit of a long shot. I guess him. if the listeners have any ideas as to why Reek stayed alive. Because Martin had a need for him to be alive, basically. <laughs> well, if there was a more logical reason for that. Hmm. Interesting. Might have killed his own kid. That kind of blows my mind a little bit. I like yeah. that theory. Well, it, it maybe Matt, a, he already feels pretty guilty about it, but I wonder. I mean, he, he doesn't know that it was his own kid. But yeah. uh, that is a fucked up theory. I'm kind of into it. The thing <laughs> is, sorry, back on the Reek thing. It could have been because Theon used Reek to kill the other guys, so he knows that it's probably even harder to get Reek killed because Reek knows, you know. He knows the drill. The other guys weren't expecting yeah, it. Yeah, who else could have killed the other guys is a good question. Because you can't ask other Ironborn to kill them. Well, that, then they wouldn't believe that Farland did it. Right, exactly. So he does say that it was Reek who did it. Um, so well, Wex could do it. and he, Not like he's going to speak about it. <laughs> <laughs> if Wex has been murdering these guys. Dude, Wex is a knife master. He can kill these people yeah. from across the yard. But all, all he does is just like sleep naked in Theon's room all the time. Like every chapter, it's like Wex <laughs> jumps up naked. It's like, what's going on here? Why is he like sleeping <laughs> naked with really? <laughs> I think I missed the naked part. <laughs> Amin never misses a naked part. During my read, um, I did catch the large pillowy breasts, though. I, I did get that. Well, part. did you catch the part with she had teeth up and below, gnawing away at them? Oh, oh yes, yes. That I have. I had nightmares about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just can't imagine. It's just how fucking terrible is it that like Farlin gets murdered for yeah. these deaths that Theon plans, and more to the point, it takes three blows. 
actually four blows total to mm. sever the head from the body. Mm. Disgusting. Well, and especially yeah, that, that point in particular. I mean, this happens a few times even in this chapter. He's always like, "Oh, they made me do it. They made me do it. It's not. It's not like you forced me to do this. Like Farland didn't do anything, and he's like, I had to do it. He's not taking responsibility for his actions." Well, let's ask the question here. The boys ran away. What else could they undo? When the boys have gone missing, if he doesn't do anything, everyone's gonna like turn on him and his three men. Like he's got, he's got no protection. They know that the boys are gone, and the entire, you know, all of Winterfell can rise up against him because now they have no fear that he's gonna harm anything, anyone important. So I mean, what they could have, they could have uh, taken basically. the kids alive, thrown them into a cell, but then the kid would be walking around, wouldn't he? But nobody ha- would have to go down and see it see them i think that would have been a good tell they don't they say hey we've got children and they're in the cells you can't see them i'm sure well, everyone will be able to i tell. mean if they if they dragged him through no his legs would be working i don't know i'm not sure you know so there's nothing he could have done at that point when bran and rickon were smuggled he could have just he couldn't have stayed that way i mean he had to do something or he had to vacate immediately so, given the choice between holding Winterfell for three seconds and then bailing, or Peace. you know, going and showing his I don't know his power or whatever, like it seems the obvious choice for him. But like like we said, it's just one poor decision after well, another. Way. He's just sacking the city and leaving is still not a huge loss for him. Like Dagmar lost some forces, but it's not a huge loss if he had just left. Yeah, he could have raised Winterfell and then he could have just left. But I mean, his idea was that he wanted to be a prince of something. He wanted to hold a place, you know. Yeah. And so, as a result, he goes. He kills the Millers boys because he can't, you know, actually find Brandon Rickon. Well, you go, you do that. You need to leave no witnesses. The idea that he had these men killed is not. I mean, it's not. It seems like the logical conclusion, right? You have three men walking around who knows that he didn't actually kill these kids. They drink too much. They tell people in Winterfell. I mean, the whole ruse falls through, right? Mm. So then you have these men killed, and then you don't let the killings go punished. Then it's going to make the people of Winterfell feel brave. It's going to make you know his subjects feel like you can pick off his men one by one. And so even if Theon was responsible for the first three, somebody could take it up for the remainder, knowing that his his crew is being thinned out, you know? Yep. So it's like, you know, I, I see where the logic goes and how he gets there, but how fucking terrible. What a goddamn clusterfuck of awful, shitty things he's done, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, ugh. I didn't even think while I was reading this chapter that Theon was the one who was having these people killed. And uh, well, yeah, because he writes oh, it in a, in a weird way. I, when I was reading, I was like, didn't he have these people killed? But it's like, oh, he first talks about kind of like how they were killed by the the people there, but then it's actually himself. The, the order is a little bit weird. It's it's a really it's a skillful way that Martin writes it, right? Like he's being plagued with guilt, yeah. but he doesn't really see it as guilt because he's he's tormented by the things that have happened but because Theon never holds any personal responsibility mm. for the decisions that he makes he feels like his hand is forced at every single turn so therefore George doesn't write it as guilt George doesn't write it as Theon taking personal responsibility for it so it does kind of lead you in like a weird circle until you sort of get to the end of it and you understand through all the through all the hints that Martin's kind of woven in there that Theon was the one who ordered this and he 
you know, made these decisions. But again, because George writes this chapter in Theon's mindset, he doesn't take full responsibility for it. He's no. he never considers himself culpable. You know. There you go. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I know uh, one or two people who are uh, always the victim. Yes. Nothing is ever their fault. Are you talking about me, Kyle? Uh, no, I'm. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. not inferring you at all. Um, but, uh, but I know at least one person who that's the case, and it's so aggravating because they're n- everything bad that happens. It's oh well, it was this person's fault that I had to do this. Oh, this happened; it made me do that. Oh, that gosh. person did that, and I had to do that in response. And it's yeah. Like, you no, you you made these choices. It's like you took what was on the you took what was out there, the circumstances of the situation, and you made a decision. Yeah, and no, I totally get it. Like victim complex game so strong. If Theon were a person these days, like he would be the guy who's like, All of my breakups happen because my ex girlfriend was a bitch. Every mm-hmm. single one. She did this and she did that. And so I had to leave her and it fucked me up. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Strong, strong victim complex with Aeon. And even even the chat with Asha, he says uh, they brought the fate upon themselves. And she says, we all do, little brother. I think that's kind of an interesting re- reference to this. I Yeah, I definitely think it was a moment of, it's a weird touching moment that Asha was like, look, let me make you this offer, you know? Mm, yeah. I like how she was just like, here's your offer. And he's like, no. And she goes, all right, I'm out of here. Well, it was very, I loved it. Mm. And also, your crown is uggo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we killed the blacksmith, and the new guy can't really do much. But he made me a crown anyway. (laughs) Poor Theon. Oh, man. Your life is disgusting. And Asha knows their father well, because she knows that their father is still haunted by the, the two brothers being killed. Uh, and then Theon is like, oh, like this is blood for blood, killing the two sons for like two sons. Do you think Balin would like that idea? No, and also I think Theon's pulling it out of his ass. Oh, he is, but but actually, do you think that Balin would have would have like approved of it? I don't think Balin would approve of anything Theon does. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you should have no, taken seriously. him hostage. And then if he takes him hostage, he'd be like, you should have killed them. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting point. If he'd taken the two kids back hostage, would is Balin smart enough to hold them hostage? Mm probably drown them or something yeah i mean asha is smart asha enough is to smart. understand the strategy involved but balan is you know very much blood for blood ironborn balls to the wall kind of guy i mean would he have one of them killed it's a good question hmm. anyway do we want to move on from this chapter uh yeah yeah i think so i'm just, just taking a look at the, the last bit where he sends reek out pale eyes pale eyes glinting there's a there's a sign there of who it is um yeah, but I didn't see that coming. Well, actually, we, there was one. The one part we missed at the end was the when he has a dream of, of the feast of the dead. Mm. It's pretty big. Oh, yes. Yeah, Rob and Greywind walk in all covered in arrows. Mm. Arrowed. What is going on here? Is it is this is this like foreshadowing that Martin's put in in a sense, or does Theon have this ability to have these kind of dreams sometimes? Cause I think he's had another dream. Like this before. I, I don't know. I think it's just foreshadowing, but. Because he's seeing people he's never seen. Like there's something that this is mm-hmm. like more than just his random imagination coming up with it. It's at least the author using it as a way to, to put in, in foreshadowing. Hmm. Yeah, and it's worth noting Leona is there with a white gown spattered with gore, so it, you know gives another glimpse as to Leona's death. Although, I'm hoping it childbirth doesn't leave you spattered with gore. It seems. It's better with more than gore. You've got some shit all over the place, too. That is not. 
Um, but they don't, you know, they don't talk about what he doesn't mention what Brandon looks like or Lord Rickard. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think I missed this the first time Rob joining the Feast of the Dead with Grey Wind. I mean, at this point, man and wolf alike bled from half a hundred savage wounds. You put this together with what Danny saw in the House of the Undying, and it's pretty clear that Rob's death has been marked from the very beginning. Um, but I still didn't pick that up. And that is such an obvious tell. This is this more so than anything. Mm. And also, Wex did run naked from the room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going to go climb a tree. <laughs> I just want to ask our listeners, like, who they think along the walls, figures half seem move through the shadows, pale shades with long grim faces. Like, what? What is that? Like, and who is that? Like, I don't get that. So maybe somebody has a better idea. The Night's Watch moving along the wall, pale, grim. Anyways, he has a dream, and then he goes. He turns back to his sex addiction, basically, to try to get over his problems. That doesn't work either. Yeah, he definitely tries to fuck out his concerns, huh? His... Then the next, he would take some mirish powder and start sniffing it, or. <laughs> See the Wolf of Wall Street? The Wolf of Winterfell? Wait, let me ask you guys a question. So this foreshadowing, I mean, this dream that he has, this is a clear indication that Theon is going to die? Oh, Why? you mean the one at the start? He's being chased? <clears throat> no, the one where he's at this feast of dead people. Well, he's at, is he actually, like, feasting there, or is he just seeing it? Like, let's see. He's, uh... I'm under the impression that he's part of it. That he... Mm. Is there making japes, eyeing the serving girls, having a fine time, and then he oh, sees he that there, he's yeah. dining with the dead. So, hmm. Hmm. let's see. But there, he's chilling. He's looking up. And especially at the end here, I mean, he sees it. He sees it at the end. This is Stark's tree and Stark's wood, Stark's castle, Stark's sword, Stark's gods. This is their place, not mine. I'm a Greyjoy of Pike, born to paint a kraken on my shield and sail the Great Salt Sea. I should have gone with Asha. Hmm. Well, Theon... These moments of clarity. Theon has already died. Oh, yeah. The Theon is dead. Yeah, that's weak, though, right? He's at rest. (laughs) (laughs) The Prince of Winterfell is dead. Just like Sansa is gone. I think that's weak. I think movie changing characterizations is not a death in any way. If that's the case, then Jamie's dead. You know. Yeah, the old Jamie's dead. Hmm. But um, again, this is more another, um, I guess, an indication that when Martin kills anybody off screen, it's not. It leaves a lot up to the imagination, right? Mm, indeed. Cool. That's good for this chapter. All right, Sansa, Kyle. Fuck. Um. <laughs> Let's see, Sansa. Let me get my Tower of the Hand thing. Um, oh, next chapter. Oh my god, the computer doesn't know what's going on. Okay, um, what happens in this chapter? It's pretty short. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I read it last night right before bed. Um, no, seriously, what happens in this chapter? So, in this chapter, Sansa listens to the singing in the sept. She... Uh, Watches Joffrey mount his horse, and um, Joffrey is an asshole as always. Uh, tries to get her to kiss his sword. Disgusting. Um, then she, you know, he promises that he will gut her brother, and once he's done with her traitor uncle or his traitor uncle, I guess. So yeah, Joffrey is disgusting, and uh, his and nice really big plump lips. Ugh, mm. Two worms fucking. 
Um, so Sansa mostly goes and hangs out in the Sept, which is crowded, of course, with everyone uh, chilling in anticipation of the battle. And she makes offering for each of the seven gods. And she, she even prays for Tyrion and the Hound at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and when does. the Septon starts leading a prayer for Joffrey, Sansa gets the fuck out of there. And she goes to Maegor's Holdfast, where all the Highborn ladies are waiting at the battle. Um, and she runs into Lady Tonda and Lawless. And? Shay. Yeah. And inside the Holdfast, Sansa sees with shock that Sir Ellen Payne is there holding ice. And Sansa wonders why he's there. <clears throat> Uh, Cersei tells her that it's to deal with treason and defend them if necessary, which is we find out later is not really the case. Hmm. Um, and Cersei just kind of mentions that if the city falls, the guards will be the first to run. And when the city is sacked, pretty much it's not good for anyone. And I guess that chapter closes out with, um... Sansa saying the true knights would never harm women and children, and the queen seems to find that amusing and says... Why don't you just eat your broth like a good girl and wait for Simeon Star Eyes and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight to come rescue you, Sweetling? I'm sure it won't be very long now. Ugh. So Sansa's disillusionment continues. It did a terrible recap of that, but this is <laughs> why this me. job I is Kyle. I couldn't even remember what happened in this chapter. So talk to me about Heart Eater, guys. I hmm. thought, what, what two swords are made from ice? Oathkeeper and Widow's Whale. Is Widow's yeah. Whale from made from ice? Yes. Okay, so it's not Heart Eater is not a Valerian steel. No, no, it oh, replaced. No. He replaced Heart Eater because Widow's Whale was given to him as his wedding gift. Okay. <clears throat> so now I guess Tommen has it. Mm, makes sense. I hope Tommen renames it Mittens or something. <laughs> nice. The uh, chapter drawing for the art project is pretty good. The chapter I just sent you the link for that. I might post it up with the episode. That's a good one. I like his. I like Joffrey's Pikachu armor. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we think of this chapter overall? Well, it starts to show like Sansa thinking more and more of the Hound, and in a better way. Like the Hound would protect me, and she prays for him and stuff. I'm glad you're filling in for Ashley this yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing significant in this chapter. Um, we have Shay well, here being petulant. <laughs> typical Shay. I mean, Cersei, you know, she's just about, she's right in this chapter, when a city's sacked, the women are fucked, you know? Literally, figuratively, it's just a bad situation. So, as much as I don't like Cersei, I understand how tense the situation is for her and kind of what her responsibility is and make her hold fast to all the women that are there. So she's just going to kill everybody there? She's going to have Ilan just chop well, he's there as the, a whole bunch of ladies' heads off? That's the backup plan that hasn't been mentioned yet, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's the worst backup plan. You don't think they could just like take some sort of poison or something? It would be a lot easier. Ugh. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's interesting thinking about the battle outside and how terrible and perilous it is to be out in um, King's Landing right now. But then you think about just kind of being in Sansa and Cersei's position to kind of hang out here and wait to see whether you're going to be fine or raped and murdered, you know? Mm. Like, having no control over your situation. It's not a very fun place Over to your be. own fate, yeah. No. And so, it's, ugh. I, I'd rather be out fighting. It's just, and you feel so helpless. Like you're just sitting there and waiting. There's nothing you can do. Exactly. You have no, not even a minuscule amount of control over your own fate. Oof. I mean, I'd be trying to find some hiding place, probably, but... <laughs> Well, Cersei's going to be so vindictive and, and have Sansa murdered. At least that's the the plan. I mean, it seems yeah. like in the Red Keep, you could probably find a place to hang out and hide. 
Yeah, but uh, they don't know the secret passage. I'm sure Varys has like yeah. he's having a party down in the hidden tunnels. But um, I mean, I would even just hide out under a bed or something in a closet. Like, oh, that's a, yeah. Wait, who didn't someone hide out under the bed during the sack of King's Landing? Yeah, it was or, a little girl, but they yeah. were specifically looking for her. Well, you don't think they're going to be specifically looking for the king and the queen to be? I mean, I'm not talking about Joffrey. Fuck him. I'm talking about Sansa. She's just a hostage that people yeah. might have forgotten about. So if the city falls and Stannis is hanging out, I mean, Stannis is not going to have Sansa murdered. No, but she'll probably get uh, she'll probably get raped before. Well, it depends. It depends on the how the the Magers falls because the rest of the city will be too chaotic. But if Magers surrounded, then they might be able to get a you know control that more than the rest of the city. Yeah. Mm. So it's not 100% sure that all the women there are going to be, but like Cersei and some of them are. She seems to want to take them all down. Did you yeah. guys ever think that Joffrey would fall in this battle? Hmm. Well, I if they won, he would. I mean, if Stannis won, then he would. You think like you meant like just by accident, even like take an arrow or something? Like in this book, as a narrative, mm. when Joffrey went out there and Sanse, Sanse, what am I? Sanse. Can you? Sanse. Yeah. That's what Sanse is moving toward. Yeah. <laughs> Sanse. But you know, when she's kind of hanging out there, going like, "Fucking hope his sword shatters. I hope his mm. courage fails him, and every man deserts him." Do you really think that it was going to happen in this? Well, as soon as Sansa starts wishing for it, I knew it, it wasn't. It never happens, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't remember what I thought the first time I read it. Mm. I don't think. I don't think I ever thought that he was gonna die in this battle. Uh, well, I, I think this, the the battle result was a surprise for me because I remember being pissed off about it. Like, oh, damn, they were about to lose. And then suddenly Tywin shows up. Gwen and the Green Knight show up. Uh, hmm. I don't know why. Do you think he was going to bite it, Mimi? No. No, I didn't. I know that if Joffrey is going to die, it's going to be in a more pivotal way than falling during battle. During battle then. But, girl, you know I wanted it. <laughs> and Sansa was just... <laughs> Praying for him to be murdered, I was like, that would be so sweet. But you know, the deaths yeah. are all pivotal; they're all a bigger deal. And Joffrey falling during the battle would have been too likely, and it wouldn't have been a game changer. Mm. Very interesting. Do you guys think we'll get um, when they get to Joffrey when they get to the purple wedding, which is, I believe, the second episode of this coming season? Do you think we're going to get all the hidden videos like we've been getting for the for the other deaths? I would think so, probably. Hopefully they're hidden properly, because it's dumb if you're just watching it and somebody pulls out the camera. It's like, it just ruins the suspense. Yeah, I think they hide them. I think they hide them. But I, I think that would be awesome. I would love to see the video reactions of a death that everyone actually wants, instead of the opposite. I think those would be some fun videos. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyway, I guess it's, pre- it's a pretty short episode. Uh, episode. It's a pretty short chapter, but this is a pretty short episode for us, isn't it? Yeah, what are we just talking for a little over an hour? Yep, yeah, we stayed under three hours for once. Congratulations to us. Damn. So I think I mean is disappointed. <laughs> you gotta get out to lunch though, right? Mm-hmm. So we can just wrap up. Okay, all right. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for sticking through another episode of the podcast of Ice and Fire. We are almost doing it, guys. We're gonna make it through Clash of Kings. I think we made it. I think you've done like two chapters. Fuck you. I'm here now. I'm gonna be here for the for the closing of this, just so I can say that. We finished it after, I don't know, three years or something like that. But we are near the end. All right. Yeah. So, um, again, thanks for listening. And, of course, follow us on Twitter, A-P-O-I-A-F. And follow us on Facebook. 
please weigh in on the forums. And if you're interested in winning a free t-shirt, comment on our episodes. And that's it. Stay in touch. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Adios. episode guys yeah it was um good. I, honestly like sunday and saturday mornings uh, not mornings but i guess maybe saturday afternoon because i have chinese class until 11 um and then for uh, sunday mornings work really well for me so if this guy's i mean i know kyle's schedule's kind of up in the air but i think it's just the evenings are, are too tricky for me now with work being as erratic as it is so gotcha um yeah i um yeah my schedule is pretty unpredictable on the weekends and uh so but uh if i am available yeah, this works. Okay, sounds good. I get good. my ass up early now, usually, too. So. Nice. Cool. So let me know if it works for you next week, and Kyle, and we can try to do it around the same time if it works for you and me. Okay, we'll be in touch for next week. Okay. All right. Bye, bye guys. All right. Adios. Good, as good. always. Excellent. Yo. What's up, boys? Oh, what's up, girl? <laughs> I have been sick. And this is a good time for me to record, but hopefully I won't cough too much. All right. Hopefully my birds have stopped for the morning. <laughs> the birds will never stop, Kyle. It's, it's poetic. <laughs> All right. Something. You guys, you guys have come a long way on the chapter rereads. <sighs> yeah, we're, yeah. yeah, we're at the Battle of the Blackwater. No, we're not. Oh wait, yes, we. Are. Well, there's stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is the start of it. So. Nice. How many episodes have I missed? Uh, let's see it's hard to tell episode 131 was the last holy shit I missed five fucking episodes that's it? good lord shut up Kyle (laughs) (laughs) but you guys have really been putting out a lot good job alright so it's just the three of us huh? yep just the three of us I think Ashley is still sleeping uh, her computer issues oh oh gotcha okay I mean have you um, gotten anything from Comic Con? I haven't heard anything. I sent a reminder email to check up on the status, but we haven't heard. But apparently, there's still the chance people are being accepted as press. Like even the last few days, people have been. What about you, Kyle? Um, yeah. Well, when you get it, you get it for two years. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, we have to go together. I know. I'm already trying to work out my cosplay. (laughs) I'm gonna say, are you going? I want to. I mean, if I get a press pass, if I don't get a press pass, I'm not gonna take the time off work to go down there. So. Do you apply for a press pass? Yeah, me and Amin did. Oh, you did. I didn't realize you did as well. We did the full thing because you have to. For if you're doing the new stuff, you do it together. So we did. We did everything. It's all in there. So we might still get it. Oh, nice. We do. If they let Kyle in, I mean, come on. I know. So. Carl had to bribe his way in there. so That'd be awesome. Then I'll try to get us a panel. Where do you stay when you guys are at Comic-Con? Uh, on the streets. No, um, I uh, I ended up a friend of a friend. Um, I asked, 
and they said yes, and then uh, they were cool, and we became friends, and then I DJed their wedding in return for a couple years of room. Nice. Was it Ice and Fire themed wedding? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> yeah, it's um the hotel room is just as intense a process as getting tickets. Because it's overbooked. Mm. Yeah. So Comic Con or like San Diego kind of like buys up all the hotels and rooms, mm. and then they do a, uh, a raffle sort of thing as well. So at some point there'll be a at some point you'll probably get an email saying, "All right, hotel things is happening on Saturday," and then you go and you. You choose like your fop, top five hotels in descending order of preference, and then you submit it, and then they go through and like they give hotels to people, and if they like get to you, then they'll give you the top one that's still available. But if they mm-hmm. don't get to you, then you don't get anything, and uh, then you're on your own, and there's barely any rooms left in San Diego. I mean, if you and I get press passes, do you want to like do the three of you guys want to share a hotel room? Yeah. Well, I have a free place. Fuck you. <laughs> I try to give it up on a dumb. I mean, it's, it, if I get a press pass, then I will go. But anyways, tickets will be full anyway. I haven't, it hasn't been like on my mind, Comic Con. Like I got that app in, but I haven't been thinking about it lately. Just gotcha. Yeah. Well, it would be cool. It would be cool to finally meet you. I mean. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be at Comic Con. We can always find some other time that works as well, hopefully. Yeah, but if we're both going for free, yeah, that seems that like nice, a pretty yeah. pretty cool deal. Okay, so I guess we'll go ahead and record. Do you guys have news you want to talk about? <coughs> uh, let's see. Oh, damn it. Okay. I wanted to mention there was a meetup in New York, so we can mention that so it'll promote people. All right, to, this so this happened. is episode 137 for the week of March 23rd? Yeah. Okay. All right. How have you guys been starting the episodes? We changed the whole beginning. It's, Shut up. Oh, you did. Now. Let me listen to the last one real quick. Hold on. Wait, is she listening to the podcast while podcasting? Hold on. Let me just listen to it. <laughs> it's meta. meta. Yeah. I'm actually playing Game of Thrones, a board game, while we're podcasting. It's very intense. Kyle has the, the board game now. Oh, nice. Have you played Mimi? Uh, just that one time. <laughs> I was terrible at it. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's pretty intense. <clears throat> Although I had, um, um, if you guys ever watch Survivor, I don't know if you do, but we had one of the uh, a popular Survivor come over a house the other day and play Game of Thrones, the board game, with us. And um, he was like, he leaned over to me halfway through, and he was like starting to strategize with me. And I'm a big Survivor fan, and I was like, oh my god, a Survivor is making plans with me about Game of Thrones. Like this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I am ready. Go. <laughs> you ready? Do we? Ha- you got the intro. You're all good. Uh, I guess so. I <laughs> just you said the same thing I always say, so nothing has changed. Yeah. All right. I'm copying you. Nice. Oh, 